This is a podcast by the Business Times. Hi there. I'm Genevieve Kuo, Wealth Editor of the Business Times. Today in this episode, we're going to talk about retirement income. Picture this you in retirement with the freedom to do what you love and receiving a passive income from your portfolio, enough to pay for daily expenses, plus extra cash on standby for emergencies. Sounds ideal, right? Passive income may be in the form of rentals from an investment property or dividends from a stock portfolio or coupons from bonds. But getting a passive retirement income today can be quite challenging. I'm going to just briefly lay out the reason. It's not to discourage you, but just to set out the context that your portfolio has to deal with. After all, and this is what I believe, our goal is to have a resilient portfolio. That means your portfolio is able to withstand market shocks and volatility, even though it may not generate the highest returns. And of course, we'll get to the very workable options for retirement income that you can choose from today. Here's why income is challenging. Markets have been in a low interest rate environment for a very long time, more than two decades. But things are set to change. As global economies began to gather steam in 2021, inflation is creeping up. You'll see that in Singapore's inflation data as well. This year, you will have noticed that stock and bond markets are in a turmoil as markets come to grips with the prospect of higher interest rates and the withdrawal of monetary support. So far in 2022, and this podcast was recorded mid-February, major stock and bond indexes are negative. Bonds in particular are in for a tough season. Bond prices move inversely with interest rates. Because interest rates are expected to creep up, and inflation too, bond prices have dropped. Certain types of bond funds, which are generally seen as lower risk, have actually lost money through 2021 and so far in 2022. I'll come back to the implications for your portfolio. We'll focus for now on planning for retirement income. The first thing you need to do is to figure out how much income you need when you retire. You could sit down with a financial planner, or you could work it out yourself based on an estimate of your monthly expenses. When you're retired, and maybe this happens in your 60s, hopefully you would have paid off major loans like your housing and car loans. And by then too, your children would have joined the workforce and may even be giving you an allowance. But let's not count on that. Hopefully the income from your portfolio or assets can match your needs. You also need to take into account a number of risks in retirement income planning, such as the risk of living a very long life. Your pot of assets from which you draw an income should ideally outlast you. And most of all, most older people, and that includes me, don't have the stomach for high risk, nor do they have the time to wait out a recovery. I've found that the older I get, the more risk-averse I've become. Here are some options you can choose from, each with their pros and cons. The first option is CPF Life, the CPF's own retirement insurance annuity plan. I've spoken about this in an earlier episode on making the most of your CPF and SRS savings. 
I can't emphasize this enough. The CPF Life is the most attractive retirement income plan around. It's so attractive that many insurance companies have actually withdrawn their annuities. The key to a higher income from CPF Life is to maximize the savings in your retirement account under the enhanced retirement sum. Today, that maximum is set at $288,000 for those age 55. This amount can give you between $2,100 and $2,280 a month in retirement income based on the standard plan, and it will pay you for life. If you are older, you are allowed to top up your retirement account. The CPF has a very useful microsite that gives you at a glance the amount you need to have depending on your desired retirement income. For example, if you want to receive $2,100 a month for life and you are male, you'll need about $262,000 in your retirement account at age 55. At age 65, the premium is $390,000. If you are a woman, the premium amounts are higher because women tend to live longer and the income has to last for more years. To get a payout of $2,100 a month, a woman will need $282,000 in her retirement account at 55. And at 65, she'll need $420,000. Another way to increase the CPF Life payout is to delay the age at which you receive the income. CPF allows you to delay the payout until age 70. The way to approach the CPF life is to treat it as the base of your retirement income plan. It's almost a no-brainer. No need to worry about how stocks and bonds are doing. What's more, the amount in your retirement account earns up to 6% a year. But it's also prudent to think about how to supplement this income. One very popular way is through insurance. This takes us to the second possible option of Retirement income products under insurance. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa enabled devices. And now back to our podcast episode. When I requested some data from insurers on retirement income, most companies sent me their traditional or participating plans. I'll refer to these as PAR plans. So, this is the first type of product. They seem to be more popular than investment link plans. Let's just define the term. PAR plans are those where you share the investment experience of the insurer because your premium is put into the life fund. The returns have guaranteed and non-guaranteed components. Returns are smooth. In a good year, you may not be paid all the surplus from investments. But in a poor year, you may be paid more than what the portfolio has earned that year. It's easy to see why PAR plans are popular. First, the desired retirement income may be fully guaranteed. That provides people with a lot of peace of mind. Second, you have flexibility in the premium term. You can choose to pay for 5, 10, or 20 years, for example. What I observe from the policies I've seen is that the premiums are not cheap. For example, if you're 55, and want a retirement income of $2,000 a month from age 65 to be paid for 20 years, you may need to pay a lump sum premium of $480,000. This is more than 60% higher 
than the CPF Life premium of $262,000 for a man aged 55. And you have to keep in mind that CPF Life's monthly payout is for life. There are no commissions or management costs, but in insurance, the payout is for a specific term like 10 or 20 years. The second type of retirement income insurance product is investment-linked, also called ILP. In this type of plan, you bear the investment risk. The insurer will offer you a range of funds to choose from, so the asset allocation is very much your decision. If you are considering this option, you need to digest the product illustration. ILPs are shown with two theoretical rates of return. 4 and 7%. You should note that at the lower projection of 4%, the policy may lapse sooner than you expect. You may only get 4 to 5 years of the income payout, depending on the income you need. This suggests that if returns are low, the portfolio may not be enough to support your desired income. Of course, at the higher rate of return, things look better and more sustainable for many more years. One reason this is so is the actual fund return. Of course, the higher the return, the better. But I think the bigger factor is the policy's built-in costs. ILPs are pretty high-cost products, and most of the costs arise from the insurance wrapper. The costs include the fund's annual management fee, an annual admin fee, insurance, and distribution costs. It can be pretty hard to work out exactly how much costs you are charged in percent terms. But in your illustration, you'll see that on a 4% projection, you may not break even on your premiums until around the 17th year. This gives an indication of the policy's high costs. That's not a good thing. I don't see how ILPs actually make sense for retirement income planning. Apart from the uncertainty of how your fund will fare, you also have the certainty of high costs. That's a double whammy. The thing to keep in mind is this. If returns in the long run from markets are expected to be moderate or in single digit, you really need to find a low-cost vehicle, and ILPs by any measure are not low-cost. So far, we've talked about the CPF life and options from insurance companies. The third option is a portfolio of equity, fixed income, and multi-asset funds that you could put together yourself. Add to that REITs, where the average dividend yield today is around 6%. There are robo-platforms that have put together income portfolios with low costs. If you're going to DIY your portfolio, there are a few broad principles that will stand you in good stead. One, decide on a strategic asset allocation. Typically, this is linked to your investment horizon. The longer the horizon, the more risk or equity exposure you may take. Two, please ensure the fund management costs are low. I do believe that while returns are not in our control, we can exercise some control over costs by simply avoiding very high-cost funds. This gives your portfolio a better chance of higher returns. Three, be diversified. That means to pick assets that are not highly correlated with each other, so that in a downturn, the entire portfolio would not tank. Also, as much as possible, avoid concentrated risks, like investing too much in a single stock or bond. 
Therefore, income withdrawal the DIY way can be tricky. While robo-platforms may offer a portfolio of funds that pay dividends, the income withdrawals in retirement are not automated. This means that you will have to decide the amount to withdraw, and you do this by selling units. So it's best to be conservative in withdrawals to ensure that you do not deplete your portfolio too soon. Do look up my Mind the Gap column, where I'll write in more detail about retirement income planning. Thanks for listening. That was a podcast by The Business Times. Send your feedback to podcast at sph.com.sg. Find us on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or via the Google Voice Assistant and Amazon Alexa-enabled devices. For more podcasts by The Straits Times, The Business Times, and Money FM 89.3, you can also download the audio by SPH app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Do note... All analyses, opinions, recommendations and other information in this podcast are for your general information only. You should not rely on them in making any decision. Please consult a fully qualified financial advisor or professional expert for independent advice and verification. To the fullest extent permitted by law, SPH Media shall not be liable for any loss arising from the use of or reliance on any analyses, opinions, recommendations, and other information in this podcast. SPH Media accepts no responsibility or liability whatsoever that may result or arise from the products, services, or information of any third parties.